2: All right, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Lakeisha McKnight is here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's 8 30 a.m. And you know what time that is. It's 8 30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're live on my timeline on Facebook. We're live at Spreaker, connected to iHeartRadio. By default, we're also live at the LeadershipTKOStation.com website. This is the virtual Bible study, everyone, a segment, a part of Leadership TKO, where we're helping you to win on the inside, and we do this by way of spiritual development. So for those of you who are here in the USA, good morning, good morning, good morning. For those of you abroad, it could be afternoon, it could be evening, but we thank you so much for tuning in live or catching the replay of this. We thank you so very much. And so definitely, of course, join in here. We do the virtual Bible studies Monday through Saturday at 830 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, unless God sees fit for us to do something different. So again, virtual Bible studies happen every single day except Sundays at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here live on the timeline, as well as through Spreaker and iHeartRadio. So feel free, as we are going to be going along, you can like or love the stream on Facebook or, of course, the podcast on Spreaker or iHeartRadio. And you can engage. That means you can leave a question. You can leave a comment in the comments area. So feel free to do so as we're moving along. Now, if you're new to the virtual Bible study, let me just share with you how we do things here. So what we normally do is we come on, we engage at a time of, prayer and praise, we dive into the word, we read the scripture consecutively in the New Testament. So for example, for today, we're going to be reading from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 33. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 33, that's where we're going to be reading. So you're more than welcome to listen in or grab your physical Bible. I'm old school, so I like to grab my physical Bible that's falling apart. Yeah, I'd like to do that. So feel free, of course, to do that as well. Uh, We read the scripture. We will also talk about what is the scripture saying in context, what was going on during the time that that scripture was written. We also talk about how do we apply the scripture to our lives as leaders, as entrepreneurial leaders. And then we summarize it and pray so that we can be dismissed and continue forward with the rest of the day. So that's the normal flow. That's how we do things with the virtual Bible study, and you're more than welcome to join in. So let's go ahead and get started. Okay, let's go ahead and pray so that we can move along. So God, we thank you. We thank you for this brand new day because this is the day you've made And we will rejoice and we will be glad in it. God, we thank you so much for raising us up. We thank you for the use and the activity of our limbs. We thank you for clothing us in our right minds. We thank you, Father God, for making provision for us, giving us food, clothing, and shelter. And so, God, first and foremost, we just honor you for who you are. For you are the great I am. You are the bright and morning star, the lily in the valley hallelujah, the author and the finisher of our faith. And so we bless your name, we glorify you, Lord, and we just pray and we ask that you forgive us of all sin. Cleanse our hearts, cleanse our minds of all unrighteousness, Lord. Even as we're coming together now, we pray for wisdom and knowledge and understanding in the reading of your word. Help us to rightly divide the word of truth, understanding what it what it means as it was written, and then also how do we apply it to our lives today? And so, Father, may this word touch someone out there who needs to hear it. May they be empowered and may they be drawn closer to you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. And amen. Everyone also feel free to share the stream. Feel free to share it. You never know who this may bless. Again, feel free to share the the stream or the podcast there on your timeline, a Facebook fan page, or in a group. It can be a blessing. We also know that it can touch lives. I believe in the power of evangelism, and we can do it simply by sharing. Okay, so what we're going to do, again, we're going to start at verse 15 of Ephesians chapter 5. Remember, this is Apostle Paul speaking to the people, the believers of Ephesus. Uh, This is a church that was started by Priscilla and Aquila. And then Paul came and made it strong. And then Timothy, of course, pastored over uh, the church in Ephesus. And so this is where we are. Okay, so beginning at verse 15, it says this. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water of the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body Amen. All right, so let's understand what is going on. Okay, we're going to try to break this down a little bit. We may not break down every verse, but let's get some understanding here. We started at verse 15, right? It says, "See that see then that you walk circumspectly, right? Not as fools, but as wise." You see, this term means accurately or really precisely with great care. See, to live morally is to live wisely you see biblically a fool is not so named because of you know intellectual limits or anything like that but because of unbelief and the consequent you know deeds that happen as a result you see he lives apart from god and against god's law and really can't comprehend the truth or really his true condition he doesn't understand it so believers are to avoid behaving like fools. Now, if you look at verse 16, it says redeeming the time, redeeming the time. It really focuses in on a fixed, like a measured season. uh, But it likely refers here to your lifetime as a believer, your lifetime. So we are to make the most of our time on this earth and really fulfilling God's purpose and lining up every opportunity for worship and for service. Okay. Worship and service. This is what we ought to be doing. Look at verse 17. It says, therefore, do not be unwise. Do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. You see, knowing and understanding God's will through his word is spiritual wisdom, spiritual wisdom. So for example, God's will revealed to us is that people should be saved. It talks about that in Timothy. It's his will that people be saved, that is his will, that people be spirit filled, that they be sanctified, that we be submissive. Of course, that suffering is going to happen and that we're thankful. You see, Jesus, everybody knows Jesus is the supreme example of all of this. Now in verse 18, it says, and do not be drunk with wine. Do not be drunk with wine. You see, in context here, remember, Paul is really speaking about some of the things that was going on during this time, because there was a lot of stuff going on. I'm talking about like orgies and all types of craziness, pagan worship, ceremonies, all types of stuff. And so he's, he's just warning them. He says, do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. You see, communion with God is not induced by getting drunk. OK, but it's by the Holy Spirit. OK, it's by the Holy Spirit. Now, he's not speaking of the indwelling Holy Spirit or, or by baptism by Christ with the Holy Spirit, because because every believer receives the Holy Spirit and is baptized by the Spirit when you when you come to salvation in Christ. But what he's really talking about, he's rather he's given a command for us to live under the influence of. We have to live under the influence of the Spirit by letting the Word, what? Letting the Word do what? What do you think? Control us in the sense of guiding us, pursuing pure lives. This is what we ought to do. We have to pursue pure lives, confessing all sin, of course, that we know we've done wrong. We need to confess it. We need to die to, to ourselves. We need to surrender to God and His will. And we need to really depend on God's power in all things. We need to depend on His power. So being filled with the Spirit is living in the conscious presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Really letting His mind, you know, through the Word, dominate everything that is thought and done. See, being filled with the Spirit is really the same as walking in the Spirit. Again, being filled with the Spirit is the same as walking in the Spirit. And Jesus he really exemplified this way of living. Okay. He really did. Now, if you look at verses 19 through 21, this really summarizes like uh, the personal consequences of obeying the command to be filled with the spirit. Okay. So as a result, of course, there may be some singing, giving thanks, right? Submitting to others, submitting to others. But let's, I want to quickly go to verse 22 because this is where it gets good. It's talking about marriage. For those of you married folk out there, this is very important. Okay. I'm just grateful, you know, having been uh, married for, jeesh, look, I got to go back and recall now, 13 years, being married for 13 years, it's, it's, it's work, it's work, but it's definitely worth it. Okay. It's work every day, but it's definitely worth it. Okay. Look at verse 22. Look at verse 22. Okay. Where it says, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Okay, see, Paul applied this first to the wife. You see, the command is unqualified, really uh, applying to every believing wife. No matter what her own ability is, no matter what her education, knowledge of the scripture, spiritual maturity. You know, the submission is not the husband's to command. The the husband is not the command. You need to submit to me. No, 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 no. But the wife is to willingly and lovingly offer that. Okay. Offer that. And when it says your own husbands, it really limits her. It, It limits me. It limits every wife submission to one man that God has placed over you. And it gives really like a balancing emphasis that he is hers as a personal intimate possession, okay. So she, the wife, is really to submit to the man she possesses as her own. Now, when it says as to the Lord, we have to understand that because the because the 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 man, I should say, because of the obedient spiritual wife's supreme submission is really to the Lord, because that's most important. You see, our attitude is that as a wife, we lovingly submit. As an act of obedience, we lovingly submit as an act of obedience to God who has given this command as his will, right? As his will for wives, regardless of the husband's personal worthiness. See, this is something we ought to do because we're being obedient to God, not necessarily because he deserves it. You got to understand something, wise. and we get this twisted a lot. You'd be like, no, he don't deserve this. And no, nope. We have to submit as in being obedient to God, to God in this instance. But then if you go to verse 23, okay, where it says, for the husband is head of the wife, right? As also Christ is head of the church. You see, the spirit filled wife recognizes that her husband's role in in giving leadership is not only God ordained, okay, but it is actually a reflection of Christ's own loving, really authoritative headship of the church. He is the head of the church. So as Christ is the head of the church, man is head of woman. Now, of course, we know, right, where he says he is the savior of the body. Remember, as the Lord delivered the church from the dangers of sin and death and hell, the husband provides for, listen up, men, husbands, the husbands provide for, for, protects, preserves. Okay, let me repeat these P's. The husband's provide, protects, preserves, and loves his wife, loves his wife, leading her to blessings as she submits. So even as we submit, understand something. These are just, it's, it's like a river of blessings that that actually happens when all these things begin to come together. Look at verse 25. Look at verse 25 where it says, husbands love your wives. You see, the emphasis moves from the supreme responsibility of husbands in regard to their wives, which is to love them with the same selfless sacrificial love that Christ Has for the church. That's the same love that a husband ought to have for his wife. It's the same love that Christ has for the church. You see, Christ gave everything he had. He he gave everything, including his own life, you know, for the sake of the church. And that is the standard of sacrifice for a husband's love for his wife. The same standard, same standard. Look at verse 26 and 27. We can look at that one too. This says that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. Okay. It says that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Understand something. This really talks about the love of Christ for his church. You see, Saving grace makes believers, makes you and I holy for the, you know, by the agency of the Word of God. so that what? So that they may be a pure bride. We can be a pure bride. You see husbands, for husbands to love their wives as Christ does the church, it really demands like a a purifying type of love. So since divine love, seeks to completely cleanse those who are loved from every form of sin and evil. You see, the believing husband should not be able to bear the thought of anything sinful in the life of his wife that displeases God. You see, his greatest desire for the wife should be that she becomes perfectly conformed to Christ. That should be his desire so that he leads her to purity. That's huge. Let me repeat that one more time, okay? Your de- the desires of the husband should really be for the wife, his wife, to be perfectly conformed to Christ so that the husband leads the wife to purity. Look at verse 28. It says, So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. For he who loves his wife loves himself. Okay, this is huge. You see, a believing husband is to really care for his wife with the same devotion that he naturally manifests as he cares for himself, okay? Since his self-sacrificial love, you know, causes him to put her first. Now understand something. It's a prerequisite to this. Notice something, that he's going to love his wife as he loves himself and as he, as he, you know what I'm saying, as he loves his own self and his own body. The problem comes when the husband doesn't care for or love himself much. When there is an issue with that, that impacts his ability to love his wife. So ladies, if there's a struggle with, you know, a husband loving you, you don't feel as though you're loved as much, the question at hand should really be, how well does the husband love himself? That's huge. That's one of those c moments you got to think about. You see, a husband who loves his wife in these ways, brings great blessings to himself, okay, from the Lord, from the Lord, great blessings, great, great blessings. Now look at verse 29, it says, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church, okay, Just as the Lord does the church. Verse 30 says, for we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. You see, the Lord provides for the church, for us, because we, you know, it's so intimately and and, and inseparably connected. We're connected to him, to Christ. So if if Jesus did not care for us as the church, he would be diminishing his own glory, which the, the body of Christ, which we bring him by praise and obedience. So, in contrast, when it comes to marriage, the husband's life is so intimately joined with that of his wife that they're one. So when he cares for her, wives, when your husband cares for you, he's caring for himself. So if he's not caring for you very well, he's not caring for himself very well. See, this is why it's important that a husband stays in the face of God in prayer and has a strong relationship with God. Because he is to be like a living, walking example, mimicking the love that Christ has for the the church. And the care that Christ shows for the church is that same care and love that the husband is to reflect with his relationship with his wife. Look at verse 30. For we are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. It says 31, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. Remember this, this is from Genesis chapter two. Remember that he emphasizes, he re-emphasizes the divine plan for marriage, which God instituted at creation. It emphasizes the permanence and the unity you see, the union of marriage is intimate. It's unbreakable. Unbreakable. Okay? It's like glue or, or, or cement. It really focuses in on permanence, the permanence of the union. Look at verse 32. You see, there this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. That's what Paul is saying. He says in 33, Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, And let the wife see that she respects her husband. Respects her husband. I got to keep repeating it. Respects her husband. Ladies, that really impacts a man when you do not respect him. When you lose respect for your husband and you don't demonstrate that, that is like a huge low blow. Uh, to your spouse because he is trying his very best, especially if he's one that um, has a relationship with God and is just trying to strengthen that relationship with God. That is the worst thing to do ever is to disrespect your husband or diminish his value or, or don't show how grateful or thankful you are based on where he is and where he's trying to go spiritually or financially or wherever he is in life, period. Period. Okay, because I believe in that concept of, you know, if, he, if a husband has a strong wife on his side, he doesn't have any choice but to be great. He doesn't have any choice to be, to be great because we are a reflection. We are, you know, we are a part. We are one. He has no choice but to be great. So the more you pray for him, instead of praying on him, he can be built up and encouraged. Okay, built up and encouraged. So pray for your spouses, respect him, just show him how thankful you are, okay, every single day for the things that he does. And just watch what God does. Watch what God does. And of course, I'm not just talking to you, I'm talking to myself too. Because again, I said, as I mentioned, it's work every day. Now, of course, there may be times where you're just like, okay, Lord, I don't know what's going on. But that's when you need to bring everything to God in. Prayer. Okay. Everything to God in prayer. All right. So I'm hoping, of course, that you've gleaned a lot from what we've discussed on today. We talked about, you know, walking in wisdom. We spoke about marriage and we talked about Christ and the church and how, you know, the, the marriage institution of husband and wife should look. Okay, And if you know of other married couples who needs to hear what was shared on today, feel free, of course, to go and share this with them as well. And I thank all who stopped by to listen in today. My mentor, Mr. Ty Best, I think he did a drive-by. <laughs> Sandra, uh, Sue, uh, look, look, my sister, uh, Ms. Mento's husband was stopping through. I see Alicia's still here. Acacia's uh, here. Maurice, uh, we also have Shanta, Priscilla, so many of you stopping by today. We, I thank you so much for dropping by. And uh, we're going to be back here, Lord willem, on tomorrow morning. We're going to be diving into Ephesians chapter 6, This is really good for parents to come in and listen to that on tomorrow morning. So let's go ahead and pray so that we can move on with the rest of the day. And so, God, I thank you for all who decided to drop in, those who shared the podcast, who shared the stream to be a blessing unto other people. I thank you so much, Father, for those who received whatever they came here for to receive. Thank you. And so, Father, continue to use the virtual Bible study to impact lives, to help us to develop spiritually, to draw closer to you and understand what your will is for our lives. We choose to put you first in all that we do. You first, because without you, we would not be here. And so God, we thank you we love you. We pray for our children, those who are parents, that their children will be protected in schools, that they would have a great day on today, that you would just watch over them and help them to return home safely. We pray, God, for new doors to be open. We pray for doors that need to be closed, that you would close them. We pray for restored bodies, God, that if there be aches in our bodies or pains or illness, that you would do and, and move forward with healing our bodies, because we know you as Jehovah Ropha. You're the Lord God who heals thee. And so, God, we ask for your divine touch in our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. Let not your word return void, but let it prosper that which it was sent to accomplish. And so, God, we thank you and we love you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen, everyone. Have a blessed day.